off you go. Recording in progress. Hello everyone, welcome to the Benicia Voice Podcast. My name is Bart Sullivan and <laughs> here with uh, Jeremy Wallach from uh, Got Goods. I believe that's the name of the company. Uh, no, Scott, it's, uh, thank, thanks for it. I appreciate the intro on that. Okay, you're doing better on my voice. So, by the way, uh, so I want to introduce everybody. Um, I'm Bart Sullivan. I'm the, pro- uh, the executive producer on the Benicia Voice podcast. Uh, the guys that give me a, a little bit of leniency today to, to open the show uh, because there's an emergency out there. The emergency is we have solar a solar issue coming up where solar people that want solar have to move quickly within the next couple of weeks or they're gonna they're gonna lose a lot of money over time and it's gonna be a lot worse in Run a few for weeks. the sun. So we have to move fast. So first of all I'm gonna introduce uh, Jeremy Carlock who's the owner of Got Watts Electric in Concord. Uh, Jeremy uh, is the he's, he's the contractor and his company did my solar installation and battery and I am super happy so I'm giving him a big shout out how good how nice everything works out and how well it works. And uh, I wanted him to introduce his company a bit, and then we'll jump right into the questions as this is a emergency. Go ahead, uh, Jeremy. Thank you, Bart. It's a pleasure to meet all of you guys. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, educate uh, uh, your your listeners. So GotWatts has been around since 2010. Uh, We do uh, many different facets of the electrification or grid independence type uh, projects electrical, solar, batteries, heating and air conditioning, heat pumps, some some fun stuff. Focus of the company is to make customers more grid independent. Uh, Grid independent, it really is what it sounds, uh, not relying on PG&E, becoming your own uh, power producer, storing that power and utilizing it in an efficient manner for uh, a greener way for our children and generations to come. Uh, We're based out of Concord and uh, locally owned and locally operated. All right. Thanks so much. Um, with that in mind, let's discuss what's coming up because this is going to impact a lot of people. First of all, um, can you discuss the upcoming regulation changes, sort of what, you know, what's going on and, and, and the time frame again so people can get a sense of the urgency? So currently in pg and territory, customers are on what's called uh, NEM1 or NEM2 um, if they are a solar customer and or if they went solar during the periods prior to April 14th. And what that meant was when you produce uh, a kilowatt hour, which is a measurement of power over time, it's it's 1000 watts over an hour. That's how you talk when you're uh, talking solar system sizing, all sorts of fun stuff. If you produce 100 kilowatt hours in a day and you didn't use any of them, on NEM1, you can use them tomorrow. On NEM2, you can use them tomorrow, but you get 2.5% less. So pretty simple. You know, it's it's not a bad deal. pg and only taking 2.5% right off the top. Well, NEM3, they're going to take 75% off the top, and they're not going to let you use them tomorrow. So you use them today or you lose them. Uh, 75% reduction in the value of what you put back on the grid. So it's really not a great deal for consumers. Um, and it's, it, it is incentivizing clients to add batteries to the projects, which do add a considerable amount um, of cost. They are complicated. And um, the, the, the rate plan or the schedule in which you get paid for solar uh, right now, 35, 40, 45 cents a kilowatt hour, goes down to an average of eight cents a kilowatt hour on NEM 3.0. But there are time periods where it might be they might be heavy producers, say in the middle of summer, uh, where you might only get maybe three tenths of a cent 
per kilowatt hour versus eight cents. Um, and there's, I, I don't know the number, but it's 250 or 300 different rate schedules throughout the year, depending on the time of the day, um, the month, how much sun exposure, the, the grids, how the grid is performing, um, grid stability. So it's a very complex uh, formula that is, that is hard to calculate post NEM 3.0. So that's the, 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 what's going on. And we have a deadline of getting a client their application in by April 14th. So that, okay. that deadline wow. is, is wow. knowing. Ruben and Andy, do you guys have, do you guys understand what that means? Yeah, I'm just At reading about it now. It says on April the 15th, 2023, PG&E will switch to a new program, M3.0, also called the Net Billing Tariff or NBT, which will significantly change how net metering works. Instead of crediting you at the full retail rate, PG&E will provide credits based on how valuable it is to not use electricity during a certain hour or the avoided cost rate. Overall, this means the price that PG&E will pay you for solar you send to the grid is set to drop by about 75%. Wow. So like uh, we were uh, discussing, uh, Jeremy and I were discussing earlier, but basically if you made power during the day and then it, that night you could now, if you under the under the earlier regulation like NEM1 or NEM2, you could basically get almost all that money applied toward the evening. So if you were producing power during the day, you could use it for the evening. After after this law change or regulation change, guess what? Suddenly you're going to get 20, only 25% of that amount of power applied towards your evening, which means you're evening rates are going to base or your evening costs are going to go up well they probably realized they weren't making enough money off it so that that's why well you know that's yeah. a possible reason why they did it because i think that's a great you know i think especially in california um having your own energy consumption is a very good idea and i think there's quite a few people doing it i think in other countries like greece for instance as well they do the same thing uh, especially for their water heating as well, um, to have every, you know to have their water heated via solar because it you know it's it's there. Um, I think in other countries it could be difficult, I guess. I mean, but that's a whole different. But yeah. um, so I mean, just out of interest, then. But I mean, most of your solar energy is going to be generated during the day, isn't it? When the sun's out. Correct. Right. <laughs> So, so it says here you still have time to lock into net metering two point which is what you just said. Under net uh, NEM2, you will save about 6% more over 20 years compared to NEM 3.0 as a PG&E customer. Luckily, you still have time to lock in NEM 2.0 rates for 20 years before NEM 3.0 takes effect. You just need to sign a contract with an installer and ensure that they have enough time to submit the interconnection application by the 14th of April. From there, you have three years to actually get your system installed. Uh, So that's interesting. So even if you sign... So you basically sign the contract now and you've got three years in that period to, as long as you get, you've got time, the, what does it say, the installer and you're sure they have enough time to submit the international application by the April 14th. But then you have three years to move on it. So uh, he said, if you currently have solar, no need to worry as long as you aren't planning on adding any capacity to your system, you'll remain on your current net metering plan for 20 years after your original interconnection date at which point you will be switched to NEM 3.0. So is that uh, that's what what you how you explained it basically, yeah? That's exactly how it is. Uh, very well put. One of the little things I would add is the NEM process uh, submitting an application does take a bit of time, and we have to select the material that we're going to use. And minimal changes are allowed per PG&E. 
they do, they do comment on like for like changes. But the way to think about it is uh, the supply industry, the supply constraint issues. If you pick, um, you know, an XYZ 400 watt panel, well, you're going to need to have that panel in two and a half years if that's how long it takes you to develop the project. Mm -hmm. So you want to be very cautious that uh, you don't get forced into a panel change because you're not allowed to make changes to the NEM application. An example, increasing size. Right. And all of the companies in the area are experiencing a significant increase in sales, which is going to more put more strain on our on our suppliers mm -hmm. and manufacturers. So make sure you have what you were sold or make sure the contractor has what was sold. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, don't wait too long. If there's construction going on, it, it, you know, things you can't control, but um, it's, it's going to be a really difficult time uh, in six, eight months to try to locate a 365 watt panel, uh, which is a, a, a power class that's being sold now everybody's going to gobble those up. And if you needed a like for like, because you can't get your 365, you may not find a like for like, and then you, right. you may only find a 370 or 380 and that won't work. Okay. It sounds like you almost have, to, almost have to predict what you're going to have and see how many is a right. 400, whatever the panel is. And now, and now what's the, what's the, uh, is there a fee? To, so let's just say, you know, I'm a consumer and I look at this mm -hmm. now and I think, right. Okay. Yeah. I want to have, I want to, I want to get, get something rolling here. And I've got until the well, we've got basically the 14th of April is the cutoff date. So the application of the has to be made very quickly. Is there a fee, an interconnection fee for this? Is there a fee that you charge to get somebody going? And then given that three year period in which to actually install the system? Because obviously, yeah, you know, so it takes time, doesn't it? You know, it's a quick decision. We haven't got very long. So to secure, if you yes. if you know you're going to go solar, you're doing, you know, you're changing your, your you want to go solar on a new build or an existing house or whatever, how you ever want to do it, but you need to make a decision quickly. So it's got to be spelled out pretty quickly. What's, what's, what's involved for you, for the consumer? Yeah. So we've got to pick out the equipment, pick out the system size and um, make sure that we can connect this system to the property. Mm -hmm. um, we're not changing. We don't, you know, are we going to change the main panel? We have to adjust pick all that out because interconnection method is one of the options that we do have to select in the NEM application. Mm -hmm. We've got to have a contract. We've got to have a um, consumer protection guide signed, a, a bunch of documents. We've got a few hours of time and, and energy getting to the point of submitting an NEM application. And at that point, we have to have somebody that that mildly has in engineering capabilities to figure out the system and all the specifics. Then we submit an NEM application about an hour right now, maybe even a little longer. It used to be about 20 minutes. Uh, from there, the application is, I think it's 145. Um, the last that I checked, I don't submit any amounts. I have a team that does, but uh, $145. Yeah, it's and actually, it, I, I can confirm that it's 145 for systems under 1000 kilowatt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty easy to stomach, but the contractor is going to have quite a bit of energy getting there, especially in this short period. Um, most of the time, you're going to have a site survey performed, and that's somebody to the property. We use drones to do our site surveys. Um, we it, it, it is a charge that we have to pay for that service, and they put together a model and measurements of the property. And we have to have one of our pre-engineers look over the project, make sure that everything that we've chosen for that property is going to work. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, we we have to have a PG&E bill. We have to confirm names, um, addresses, also uh, lots of fun stuff. Contract has to match what's on the PG&E bill, which has to match who we're contracting with. 
Um, what else? A, a few other little documents. And from there, we can sit and wait until the customer's ready, or we move the project into the next stage, which would be engineering, creating a plan set, and permitting. Um, and then the, the follow-up on this or the check is later on when we find when we finalize the project, we have to circle back with PGE to state that we did what we said we're gonna do uh, per the NEM application. And what happens if we can't get a particular material later? Um, there's a lot of things that are still unknown or still being being worked on. Um, so there's a bit of work. If a client wants to get an NEM app submitted and doesn't want to do much, um, we do have a process for that. And right now it's 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 a we're doing a contract like they're going to install on the project. We pick every we we figure everything out, and we have a, a thirty-five hundred dollars, which is going to take us to um, engineering, but we can stop at permitting, and then we'll just hold. But at a certain point, we will require the customer to take possession of the materials because we have these materials either already owned outright or on allocation, and we can't sit on material and allocation for seven, eight months or a year. Got it. Yeah. So, um, you, so we're yeah. working with customers. Yeah, yes. and then we deliver the material and we work on um, what we're going to do. We have a few projects that are going to that do that. That well, I have quite a few that do that this year because of construction. They're they're not built yet. Right. So so just recap on that then. So if if say me as a consumer came to you and said, "Let's get moving on this," uh, an an upfront charge would be thirty five hundred bucks. No, it wouldn't be upfront. There's a thousand dollar deposit. Uh, it's a home improvement contract in the state of California. It's the maximum that can be charged. I see. And then the next milestone, um, actually I misinformed you for us, <laughs> it's 4,500 is what we're doing, but it, it gets a little complicated. 3,500 to 4,500 is what a customer would expect to spend to get to the point of having a plan set created and permitting done. Right. Um, and then we're working with particular clients. That's why I use the $3,500 mark is we're pulling that back to 3,500 for those that we're not pulling a permit for. Because if we're not, we can only charge, as a contractor can only charge for work that has been completed or materials that have been delivered. Mm -hmm. So we could never charge for um, installing an electrical panel that hasn't been done. Right. So we really try to be by the book. And customers should not spend more than that. But we we are into the project three thousand four thousand dollars at that point mm -hmm. um, in our labor and time and materials right and then you do you do the install or do you have contractors do the install we do not have any subcontractors everything is in-house by employees right. and yes we do all of the installs okay so you provide the material you do the installs you do you you can do a, a full full service basically yes okay all right that's interesting and but let's just say someone wants to get on the, as I said, wants to get going now. And they say tomorrow to you or today, yes, I want to do it. Mm -hmm. You invoice a thousand dollars and then you start the process. You make the application. Is that right? And then is that how it works from there? I'm sorry. I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah. For we're just trying to clarify with that for entry consumers. Yes, that is, that is how it works. We would do the contract. We would do all the uh, regulatory documentation. We would take a thousand dollar deposit. We would start, uh, we we actually may do a site survey also, so that would be in, mixed in there somewhere. Yeah. And um, and then once we have a contract and we have all the documents confirmed, we start the NEM process. We are doing NEM uh, applications in 48 hours or less right now. Right. Um, just as long as we have all of the necessary information and signatures. And then that's done, hopefully before the 14th of April, so that you can um, you can actually make the application. 
so that you can yeah you have to have an application um, submitted before the 14th and free of deficiencies and deficiencies are name spelling um, um you know material choices that don't match mm -hmm. um we're gonna we're gonna be a little more cautious there is a status in the egi portal egi is the pg&e portal that that states deemed complete and that status right now is anywhere from six to 14 days is what we're saying as a as a turnaround so we're going to basically limit our capacity between the next seven and 10 days. Right. And from there, we're going to inform customers, look, we are still within the guidelines of what PG&E has stated, but as a company, we like to rule on the side of caution. And that is we have been operating off of the deemed complete status in the portal. And we just want to confirm with you that we can't guarantee that status prior to the 14th, but that is how we have operated. The way that PG&E states to operate is an application submitted prior to the 14th free of deficiencies. Well, that status deemed complete is telling us that we are free of deficiencies. So we're actually operating off of the milestone of knowing that every one of our applications is free of deficiencies. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is how we're going to um, limit our, our sales. We will sell up until probably the 12th or 13th, but we got to, we want to be very clear with the customers. We are not in control. If there is something that goes wrong or pg asks for a particular document to be edited, we won't have the time to, to adjust. And they do ask a lot of questions. It is a lot of back and forth with every application. Do pg make it difficult, just to be honest? I mean, I know they're, I know they're probably mm -hmm. being uh, sort of like uh, arm around the back to say, look, we've got to go this way. But I mean, of course, every solar customer potentially is going to be, uh, uh, they're going to lose money on going forward. To give you... To give you an example, the end, everybody wants their tax credit for uh, the year that they're doing their um, solar project and are paying their final invoice. The last week of 2022, we were submitting our last round of NEM applications. And of course, it is a big rush. A lot of people call, I need to get it in this year. I need to do it. We had uh, an, a, a drop down pop up that asked for a document. And I don't remember what the document said. We had never heard of it. We went to Enphase. Enphase is an inverter manufacturer. They're, they're one of the leaders. They're an amazing product. They have everything ahead of time. They know before we know. They didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. This is the last week of the year, and we could not finalize any applications. Um, they threw that one at us last year. So, yes, you better believe there's going to be some some challenges. Oh, yeah. Um, shut down their website last weekend. They were supposed to shut it down the weekend before, but I guess it got canceled, but they didn't tell us until the following week. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've been processing any amounts seven days a week mm. and <laughs> pg is limited they shut their uh, website down i think about four o'clock last friday wow we, we have people here until seven or eight o'clock so yes the last week of this um um sunset period we will likely have a few more curveballs we have new questions that have been added here and there that throw us for a loop we've got to go do the research the indium application is very complex mm. uh it it does, it, it does take somebody that knows what they're doing, that knows how to read everything that has done them before to do them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, they're, they're not for the faint part. Uh, no, I can imagine. And I can, like you say, you know, they kind of reject it for things like spelling mistakes or slight, slight inaccuracies. Because, of course, they want to, uh, you know, they, they want to avoid us. They, yeah, they, want... they, they don't want to encourage as many people they to want, get They on want it, people they? to be on a big central anyway, energy yeah. resource. And this is yeah. the thing. I mean, I, you know, I'm all for, you know, independent yeah. energy, cons you know, consumption and production as well. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm all for as well a backup because I know there, there will be some does, times of the year when there is a 
I mean, I'm guessing that PG doesn't offer any incentives, does it, to homeowners to go solar, unless they're on the solar bandwagon? Because I mean, they're how they're generating their electricity at the moment. I'm guessing most of it is 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 not clean energy, is it? No, they have um, some some programs. I'm not completely up on those, but there's there's no there's no rebates that I'm aware of or any programs. Um, there is some additional stuff coming through the Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. which um, is hopefully going to be written at the local level in the near future. And there'll be additional, potentially additional tax credits for assembled or made in America, made in the USA product. Um, there's going to be rebates and credits for um, heat pumps, for heat pump water heaters, heating and air conditioning. I think there's even one for weather stripping. I um, can get some money, um, uh, I think a rebate or a credit. Uh, if you go to rewiringamerica.org, mm-hmm. that is not a website that I have anything to do with. It's uh, pretty sure the um, federal government put it up, but it's it's one of the best resources. Go to the calculator and see what's available. Mm-hmm. That's that's your your best best resource. One of the things to to note, I don't remember who went over it, is you can add a battery after this sunset period and stay on NEM 2.0. So right. you don't need to rush. We won't even actually do a battery right now. Mm-hmm. We won't contract. We're only doing PV or solar only. And what what would be uh, the just so I can clarify the battery because there's probably several reasons why you'd put a battery in there, i.e., to have electricity when maybe the grid goes down because of some kind of uh, whatever a storm. I mean, you hear of, just recently with California with all the storms, people's electricity grids electricity has gone down for not just a few hours but for days at a time. So I guess a battery is is an important thing to have in your house. Yeah, so with the NEM 3.0, you won't be able to use PG&E to keep your power and then take it later. You'll have that 75% reduction. So yeah. that's one of the triggers. On NEM 2, you have what's called rate arbitrage. So you have times in the evening where you you consume a lot more than you produce or you're not producing at all, and you can store that power. So it, it's not not relying on the utility to to provide power at all times. And during these storms, you know, we have hundreds of sites right here in the area. And unfortunately, but fortunately, um, I get an alert on majority of those battery sites that that lose power because the battery site says, hey, we've lost the grid. We are operating normal. Mm. Um, and it's pretty interesting. I, I, I saw 15 or 20 last night. I think it was in Antioch. And I and I just recognize the customers' names because you know we're 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 here local. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, it's good to see that they have lights on. Mm-hmm. So a battery is keeping your family safe, continuing to work, mm-hmm. continuing to host a podcast when your neighbor can't. Yeah. Um, also, putting some of that power back on the grid if you so choose. Yeah, because you could. Uh, that's right. You can use it to feed back into the grid, can't you? Yes, what yeah. I have, Andy and, and Ruben, it's a it's a wonderful system. It's, mm. I have a battery, I have the whole system, battery and, and solar together, mm. and it's super flexible and works great. When the power goes out, we our power stays on. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Definitely, I'd like to do a more well, depth podcast yeah. on this with both with you, yeah. Jeremy, as well. It's great to meet you. So, at last so as a conclusion, then they can contact the customer, uh, our guests and and uh, podcast listeners can contact you. Who are the you know local local guests? I guess can mm-hmm. contact you and then request you know a meeting with you. Basically, is that right? Yeah. What I would recommend if you're local, our website gotwatts.com. Yeah, I'll put uh, that link on our on our podcast. 
Um, any of the contact us forms will go into the office. There's multiple people available. Um, there's a little virtual assistant at the bottom right that goes directly to, um, I have it on my, my computer also. Um, 12 months of utility bills, uh, full bills with the monthly kilowatt hour. Mm -hmm. If you had a proposal done by anybody else and you know that they've done the system sizing reasonably accurate, let us know, hey, I've got a 10 kW system. It's, it's you know 20 of this type of panel. And I'm looking for an apples to apples because, of course, you want to compare. Yeah. If you're direct, then you tell us exactly what you're looking for. Are you financing? Are you paying your own your own means? We'll give you a price. If somebody messages in and the office says, "Hey, we've got somebody that wants a price," I, you know, they open up the pricing. And our pricing is is very, uh, um, it, it's it's built up from the system size, but we don't have a one size fits all. But we don't have a different price for people that are in different areas or any of that. So it's very structured. Um, we do know what it costs to deploy 20 panels on a composition roof on a single story, and we know what it costs to do it on a two story. So very um, open about that. And main thing is just coming prepared. There's a lot of questions, and unfortunately, we don't we don't have the capacity to answer all of right. them. Um, there's a lot of resources online. Um, recommendations I would tell customers is we never want customers to feel this urgent sense of I must go solar it's called sense of urgency it's a sales tactic mm -hmm. we do not want customers to ever feel that way but that that's what's going on yeah well it's yeah, good so to know go, go to the state licensing board make sure your contractor's license go to Yelp you know Google all those all those make sure that they are who they say they are yeah it sounds like this could be a time where people might take try to take advantage of, of, of folks right people come by there maybe fly by night situations or whatever it it, it's very, I'm trying not to go down that road. Yeah, that is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And also price gouging. Um, we haven't raised prices since November. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we should have because we saw price increases, but mm -hmm. um, I didn't see a point, you know, let's just, let's just be fair. We've got people coming back from six months ago or three months ago, and there's no reason to say, hey, our prices, the prices have gone up um, in the last year and a half. You know, a lot of people see average prices in the state of California, I think are $2.40 to maybe $2.80. That's three years old data, two years old data. That's not last year or this year. Um, we've seen 30, 40, 50 cents a lot increases overall um, with individual components, you know, 30% um, on, on particular in products. Prices have gone up and it's been really difficult. You know, just like in and out Burger raised their prices, you know, never thought yeah. that would ever happen. No, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, I mean in, the, the, in the, the UK, the just as a, side in, as a side issue, we were talking to a landlord of a local pub here in England where we live at the moment, where we are at the moment, and his energy bill has gone up 200%. Um, he's paying over £1,000 a week. So that's about 1300 bucks a, a week for his energy cost now compared wow. to... So that's more than more than double what it was this time last year. Rate increases. I read, I don't have it in front of me, so you guys want to use the Google, 24% mm -hmm. uh, rate increase on natural gas from PG&E since the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And I read, but I haven't found the source yet, 18% um, increase in what customers are paying. Uh, but I you know, want to caution, those were given in an informal and I did not find the facts yet. But I can tell you, I see my gas bill. My gas bill is significantly more. Yeah, I read about it. On uh, it says here in March yeah. 2023, PG&E increased rates by 8.9%, which meant that the average customer saw bill increases of about $14 per month. In January of this year, PG&E's gas rates increased by 11%. By our calculations, PG&E has raised the rates 5.7 to 6% year over year for the past 15 years. 
yeah, you are really good at finding uh, sources. So yeah, I was a little hesitant on the 18 and 24. That's why I normally wouldn't say it. But uh, I've heard it multiple times. I actually heard it on a podcast. That's why I was mm -hmm. hesitant to say it. Well, they're going uh, up. There's no doubt they're going yeah, up. No and, I mean, and, and um, yep. it, it is, it is. I mean, they have a, you know, they, they have a total revenue, uh, just just to, to put it in perspective, of 21.68 billion from electricity and gas operations, which is an increase of, um, it's an increase of 0.5 percent. So it's, it, you know, they're they're a there and there's, very, there's there people gouge it, and this is the thing, though. It's like that we saw, we heard another story as well on the, the news um, in the UK. Uh, I think it was, what was, was the, the CEO of Centrica. Of Centrica and making a huge bonus. Well, £3.5 million bonus with a £700,000 salary. And he the, the argument was that he'd provided the shareholders of the company with good value. The problem is, it's the consumers that are absolutely, it's the people at the end of the chain who are using the electricity. They simply can't afford yeah. it. Well, when you could have I the better the option. Strong. What was that, Bart? Sorry, Bart. See, the, one of the strongest things, the reason I, I uh, went solar, we went solar and battery and everything is because we want to be independent, like Jeremy started off with, independent of PG&E as much as we can. Mm -hmm. um, and I can say as an engineer, uh, I love my system, but also as an engineer, I worked for PG&E as, as an engineering student. Uh, great engineers, but I knew that their cost increases were never going to go down. <laughs> they were never going to go backward. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, look, it's been a pleasure uh, yeah, talking we to want you, Jeremy. To do a, what we want to do a Thank more in-depth podcast, maybe with some consumers yeah, so, as well of solar, uh, and uh, have some people yeah. come on. We can have a, a more in-depth discussion about it. And mm -hmm. uh, So we'll put this out. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Bart. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. We're going to have more in-depth because after after this uh, this regulation change, we're going to go through with... <laughs> you know, with, with Jeremy, how, you know, not work around so much, but how, how do we go forward after this regulation change to make solar still something viable enough for people to do and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for the in-depth information, uh, Jeremy. Um, I think that's very useful. Um, you know, I know there's only amount, a short amount of time here, but, you know, it is useful to let our listeners know what's going on. And hopefully yeah. there'll be some time for, for those listeners to act yeah, upon th that. Thanks for giving that information mm -hmm. again. That was really, really uh, enlightening and useful. Mm -hmm. So um, I, look forward yeah. to, I look forward to meeting you when I'm back over and uh, getting you on another podcast. That would be fantastic if we can do that. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this was a pleasure. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Uh, well, that's all. Uh, so, Ruben, you want to you take us Just out? Just finish it yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, thank you for listening. Okay. And we'll, we'll be back on the next one. Thank you and goodbye.